Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 212, episode 2 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021, which is, of course, Miles. National Espresso Day. Yeah. National Eat a Cranberry Day. Just one. No, I think I think they mean uh, the band, like one of the band members. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so it's like kind of yeah. in recognition of cannibalism. And, yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you're into. But I've noticed a lot of these days, like, you can scroll down and you realize there's, like, they just submit to this calendar and you can get it. So I, I feel at some point maybe we will submit our own day. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Daily we'll Zeitgeist Day. International Daily Zeitgeist Day. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Getting Chuggy with it. Mo, 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 mo. Mo, 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 mo. That is courtesy of Ensign Jensen. He was like, this has probably already been done. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. So I don't know what, what the mo is for. Maybe it's like because I say mo instead of mom or something. Maybe. I don't know. I don't but know. It, it was less obvious than you thought it was, uh. Ensign Jensen. And uh, we appreciate you, man. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I see seas of me. <laughs> Lots of red guns, too. Bad Facebook takes from white and blue. And I think to myself, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Shout nice. out to Lockeroni on Discord. I just like the just breaks that down. setup. Yeah. And I <laughs> think to myself, down, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was the original, the original version of that song. Yeah, they're like Louie, man. We might we might have to change that <laughs> satchmo. <laughs> yeah, we will get to it. But what the fuck indeed. Uh, well, Miles, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very funny TV writer, comedian, filmmaker, artist, and creator of the viral webcomic Bad Comics by Anna, uh, currently a writer on the Apple comedy series Loot, her half-hour comedy pilot Inside Cunt about a vagina that starts transmitting spy signals was named to the 2020 Latinx TV blacklist. Please welcome the hilarious, the talented Anna Salinas! Hi, guys! What's well, I feel welcome. like I thank you. I'm not on the show loot anymore. That writer's remanded. I'm on another show. I feel like if my coworkers hear this, they'll be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Well, hit us with a new show. <laughs> it's the Big Mouth spinoff. Oh, so dope. Like, yes, it's been announced, so it's not like secret. That's the black about, one, right? I mean, it's about the monsters. Oh wait, what's I'm okay. I'm confusing many different deadline articles. There is a storyline on Big Mouth where they follow Missy and stuff. Mm-mm-mm. No, he, it, the show is called Human Resources, and it follows like the hormone monsters and the Got it. Uh, anxiety mosquito and love bugs and Damn. that kind of stuff. Oh, that's right up your alley. Yeah, I was just going to say, know, that's like perfect. Did you, <laughs> like, did you pitch on. that? Are Holy you running shit. this room? It Damn. was so crazy. I mean, they definitely saw my comic, and right. uh, I was like, in in the meeting, I was just like, yeah, I mean, that is what my comic is. And <laughs> right. it's, yeah, it's interesting to see all the ideas I ever had about my comic explored in this show, and I'm like, okay, cool, yeah. That's dope. I'll figure out something else. 
Are you, I'm, <laughs> I'm imagining you're excited because I couldn't, this seems like such a great creative fit for someone who regularly like will anthropomorphize or, you know, <laughs> yeah. manifest physical em- or emotions into characters. I am. It's, it's really fun. We're actually recording my episode right now. So oh. it's great. I, I love it. And yeah, animation is so fun because you get to like immediately move into production. So Right. You get to be a part of it a little more. Well, how's the turnaround for a show like that? Because like, you know, we, like for people who I know like work on like the like Fox animated shows are like, oh, yeah, it'll premiere in 14 months. Yeah, this comes out in a billion years. So, yeah. OK, I don't know how much I can say because it's not sure, that much sure. has been announced, but it comes out in like two years. My, okay. What I am writing comes out in sure, two sure, years. Sure, sure, sure. OK, well, yeah. we will. The episodes we'll of The waiting. Simpsons they're releasing this season were written in the late 90s. <laughs> Which, I was yeah, surprised to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's just the process. The predictions yeah. were spot on. <laughs> yeah, were they? They predicted COVID. <laughs> yeah. All right, Anna, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell mm-hmm. our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. We're going to look at inflation, which is becoming a big buzzword, and talk about like why why it's happening. Because I think generally people who aren't you know, CEOs and financial analysts who have done time on Wall Street firms tend to shy away from this because they're they're either they think it's their fault for earning too much money, which is what the corporate people tell us, or they feel like, ah, it's too complex. And it's really not that complicated. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the rapid test quagmire because, you know, a lot of people are looking to be able to test themselves, test relatives heading into Thanksgiving. And that is not possible in these United States, which might be news to people in other countries, since France, Germany, Belgium, Great Britain, you can just order a free test. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about all that plenty more. But first, Anna, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Okay, so the last two things I searched for were Randall Park wife and Catherine the Great husband. Ooh. And uh, okay, some matchmaking yeah, going on. Yeah, some, matchmaking. some epic shipping going on. <laughs> Honestly, I was recording with Randall Park and very creepily was like, "This is a good-looking guy. He seems so nice. What a great guy." He probably has a girlfriend or a wife. Now, let me just check. I should just check. And I checked, and he very much does and seems happily married. There you Mm. go. But, you know, those things where it's like, why did I check? What was going (laughs) to come of that? I got to know. Well, I mean, it's interesting because you definitely, that sounds like you're like, let me just see. So, at the very least, you were, he, he was a very charming guest, it seems like. Oh, my gosh. So charming. But I think in my head, I was like, well, you know, what if? But, but anyway, like, are we in love right now? Are we like, in love? I literally, interview? Yeah. And I sit on are... the records muted with my camera off. So I'm invisible to him. I'm right. just like, maybe he senses me. But he could sense the vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for he, sure. Yeah. He know. And then I was looking up Catherine, the great husband. I mean, this is less exciting, but have you guys been watching The Great? No. Mm-mm. The show on Hulu. It's so season I know about it, two. So yeah just dropped and Uh i feel like everyone i talk to who's seen the show loves it and thinks it's so good and i feel crazy because i don't think it's that good i don't know what it is about l fanning but it feels like a bunch of white women just like 
celebrating themselves. I don't know. It feels so white feminist. Mm. And I feel bad saying that because I, I don't know. There's aspects of the show that are cool. And I'm sure talented people made it. But it's just so pop feminism. But anyway, mm. Nicholas Holt is the best part. And I was like, how much of this is based on real life? Let me look it up. And spoiler alert, not a lot is based on real oh. life. <laughs> Did uh, what was her, did the actual husband look camera ready? No, he was very not handsome. Oh, the actual boy. husband was this like tiny little squirrely man oh. who just looks like a goober, like a fucking goober. Mm, and right. she apparently, when she took over his throne and forced him to abdicate, she like killed him right away. But there's all these rumors that she kept him prisoner. And it's like, of course, the show is going to try to keep alive Nicholas Holt. He's the best part of the show. So they like, Wow. Yeah. I didn't know Nicholas Holt was. Is, is he the little boy from About a Boy? Yes, he is. Oh, and he grew up to be a charming, handsome man who probably also, is married to. He's <laughs> also the uh, main dude or the not the main dude, but like the best character in Mad Max Fury Road. This is oh, the first time yeah. I thought about and Nicholas His Holt trajectory. as a as a person, uh, other than being like, damn, that dude's really doing it in Mad Max Fury Road. But yeah. He's also Beast in X-Men, right? And pretty That's handsome he is? W- without a bunch of makeup on. Yeah. Pretty handsome oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And is he married? Did you look that up? Uh, I didn't. I'm sure. Like, I don't <laughs> right. even need to. He's too good looking right. not to be. Right. That's right. kind of my take these days. I'm like... Oh, if someone's a catch, they're taken. Yeah. Or and if they're not, then you're like, okay, so what's going on here? Are they haunted? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, ah, something's wrong, which, of course, is me projecting on myself. Right, right. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, well, something's wrong with me, and I'm single, so then what's yeah. their thing? <laughs> and I'm, I, should, I should stipulate I'm not single, but yeah, I, I, I was single for a little bit, so that mentality is still kind yeah. of there of just like... You know, mm. you want to check. You want to see people's status. Look, yeah. I'm I'm in a very committed relationship, and sometimes you got to do a quick heat check. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, am I just on fire right now? Let me see. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. nope, I'm not. I'm not. But good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I think it, Nicholas Holt. Anyone who's like going to act like this isn't the most universal thing. Like when you Google anybody's name. Like the very first thing that comes up is girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband. Yeah, I've actually taken a lot of pleasure in following people I think are hot on TikTok and Instagram. (laughs) Mm. Like I've really gotten into it. Now I get it. Like when I see someone really attractive on a TV show, I'm like, oh, I'm going to follow them. Right. And just like get there because it's you know what I mean? I, I don't know why it took me so long to be this person who's like, I guess, a creep. But I started following porn stars on Twitter because it's like, why not? Yeah, you only yeah. live once. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing immoral about you. Just this is another person. You're their artist. You say, what's your art about? Okay, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I think it's beautiful and simple, and there's some sort of taboo around women doing it. But it's like, screw that. Yeah. Do no, it. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, Nicholas Holt space brings up Nicholas Holt wife, Nicholas Holt girlfriend, Nicholas Holt height. So oh, he's tall. He's a tall man, six two. There you go. Damn. Oh, wow. yeah. He, okay. Definitely not single if it's six two. Six Forget two. It. Yeah, because it's Rant. not the <laughs> online dating red flag height of five ten. Exactly. 
where it's like, you know, they added on four. Randall Park space. First thing that pops up, Randall Park <laughs> wife, then Randall oh, Park yep. net worth. So oh. they're like, OK, Wait, what, but maybe I what's could. space. No, if you do Randall Park and then put a space in it, it oh, starts oh, auto-completing oh. Right. shit. I thought, See what people have... I thought it got real heady for a second. It's like Randall Park space? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're all in I space know. when you think about it, Miles, just hurtling <laughs> through the inky darkness on this blue <laughs> marble that we call Earth. What is something you think is overrated, Anna? This is a little dark because of what happened recently in the news, but... I'm going to say it because I do think it's true. I think music festivals are very overrated. Mm. And I say that because I went to Outside Lands in San Francisco over Halloween. Mm. And there were all these amazing acts, you know, like The Strokes, Tyler, Glass Animals, Nelly was randomly there. Lizzo was the headliner. And on paper, that's really cool. It's like, yeah, I want to go see all those artists. But the shows suck. Because, and man, I feel like I figured out this scam and I'm pissed. So, like, Glass <laughs> Go Animals goes on to perform at 6 p.m. And I'm like, this music is pretty soft. And everyone is watching Glass Animals because they're really popular right now. Yeah. So the whole, like, all 50,000 people in this park or however many it is are crowded just to see fucking Glass Animals while some poor acoustic singers on the other stage that no one cares about. And... You couldn't hear. You couldn't hear the music. And that music is meant to, like, encircle you. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, Lizzo goes on at 8 p.m. And the music is blasting all through the park. So they have the capability to turn up this music. So you don't have to squish yourself to the front. They could just turn it louder so people could fucking space out. But they don't. And Mm. that is a scam and I am not okay with it. And so because of that, I ended up not going to see a lot of these artists because I was like, I don't want to deal with the crowd and whatever. And I missed Nelly, which was maybe the whole point of going to see <laughs> Nelly. Mm. Oh, man. I guess they didn't hear a lot about uh, him being in the news much recently. But hey, oh, you, yeah, know, that's you always it, you have to find what? a lineup somewhere. I, uh, we let our thing. nostalgia dictate. Yeah, I'm curious. Was there So in your mind, is this a conspiracy? Like you're saying, like they're turning glass animals down because maybe they are trying to help enough. Like I'm trying to pull up the set time <laughs> to see like who was playing when glass animals was playing because it was like the first... organizer's daughter was on acoustic guitar. Yeah. Like in the like circus tent. But like, yeah, because I, I really love Outside Lands actually as a festival. I was just talking about that because we had wow, a guest damn. who was just there. But it's I like it because of the music festivals. It's like the mm-hmm. most space and the most bathrooms and the most like <laughs> and more of like the things that like trouble me about a festival is like I got to hold my PM for nine hours because like the lines are too long and then you can't get a good spot. Whereas there you can be pretty like leisurely. But I'm 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 sticking You're more to your point. You're proving my that- point. Yeah, that I went to the best of the best. The most space, <laughs> the most bathrooms. They had a whole weed space where you go and buy yeah, weed and weed smoke lands. it there. Yeah. And still, it fucking sucked. Oh. And I was so tired and I tried so hard and everyone was so drunk in college age and I have never in my life felt older. Right. But let me tell you something. Look, it may be a scam, but I cracked the code. Mm. So... 
they had this like club in a tent and the line was like three hours long. It was that's another thing. What? You're gonna spend three hours at a music festival in a fucking line? Give me a break. Yeah. But so I was like, I was like, I'm never getting into that. But I went during Nelly, and it was the only time that that tent was empty and you could go right in. So that wow. was the price oh, to well, get into that stupid wild. EDM Everyone, tent. Everybody who was playing, man, that fuck, that was a lineup on that day. Krungbin yeah. went on before Glass Animals, <laughs> and then Katranada was after Glass Animals. Yeah. And then that led into Tyler, or you could have caught Sango at the house by wow i look yeah, i'm was, trying to find a conspiracy a here artists. but it's a lot of heavy hitters so. but it's Anna, too much it's Anna, too you much. should know that miles is sponsored by outside lands so <laughs> yeah. this man is, it's crazy this is the you know, response like, you're gonna get anytime <laughs> uh, you like criticize and i hope you got that vip ticket because actually the savings in time alone <laughs> make it worth the extra four hundred dollars now you know i'm just a fan but shout out to ranger dave <laughs> <laughs> i think that's absolutely true about music festivals based on my experience of going to Coachella once mm-hmm. was that it was just like a total crapshoot and probably the most disappointing live music experience I've ever had was seeing Outkast live for the first time their first like reunion mm-hmm. show on that on that oh, run. Oh 2014? Yeah. At, hey, at, I was there. <laughs> you were there first week or second week? second week because i yeah. was my strategy is always to buy second week tickets because everyone wants the first week tickets or back so the, you know when i used to go mm, so mm-hmm. first week the sound was all fucked up for the outcast show like you really Ugh. and then like i think andre started get like getting sort of assuming that the audience just wasn't into them and like so he started like kind of yelling at the audience but it was just oh like the God. sound fucking sucked it was so bad like for their show they just hadn't like dialed it in and it's really tough it's and it's a tough thing for an artist because unless you're the headliner and they blast that music and have it all figured out for your set plus you get the setup on stage like tyler was in a fucking boat on stage that was really cool but unless you have that it is a lot of space to fill up with your like presence and oh 70 shake who i love went up and or I guess she goes by 070 Shake, which I didn't know until I saw that show. But <laughs> put on a great show, but it's like this big ass stage. And it was at the very beginning of the festival, day one. So not a lot of people were there. And she did the same thing where she was kind of yelling at the audience, like, come on, be excited. Right. And you just saw everyone just like not into it. And I was like, fuck this place. <laughs> I'm going to go smoke some weed in grasslands. There you yeah. go. Maybe they'll turn yeah. the volume up. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Same stage, Kid Cudi, like at like one in the afternoon was fucking incredible. It was just, it was a total crapshoot. You know, they just like knew. It is. It is. And also, he was out of his mind on, I think, the same drugs that the audience was on. So (laughs) it it worked out pretty well. That's perfect. The scam, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, I think what's the benefit is like, I like the idea of like spending an entire, like, multiple days seeing mm-hmm. just great live music but i think that's where things get a little muddied where like you run into the things that you know like would plague any sort of profit driven operation yes. which is like yeah they spent more money and like made it very comfortable for everyone it would be such a great experience but like really that feels like the the guiding principle for a music festival is how many fucking sweaty kids can we cram into this parking lot 
Yeah. Right. And and still pay the artists what they need and still for us make the money that we need to make as the organizers. Yes. But, and that kind of leads into the Astro World thing where it's like that was just too many people with too few strategies for how to control right. just or, that many or people in the place. Yeah. 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 Or none at all. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and hear your underrated. And we're back. And Anna, you know, we do like to ask our guests to bounce also. out the overrated. What is something you think is underrated? Well, there's no way to sound cool about this, but there have been some great period dramas coming to television recently. Okay. I, I did talk about The Great, which is technically a period comedy, and I don't put it on this list. The okay. Great is something else, you know, whatever. I did watch it. <laughs> but I really liked this show on Amazon called Pursuit of Love with, uh, I want to say Lily James, or mm. I always confuse the Lilies. But it's it's a beautiful period drama. This other one, Howard's End, was on Stars, just came to Amazon. And uh, I think period dramas get a bad rep for being like for old people or boring, but they're beautiful. Wait, Howard's End, that was that was like a film, right? They made that a series? They did. They I mean, did. I know it's and a it's, novel, but I mean like yes, they've they've read They made it a series and it's it's uh Tom from Succession is in it. What? I know. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to see him like do, him as him like just doing roles where he's speaking with his like normal voice in a British accent. Oh, and I know. I can only imagine <laughs> What, what, just having all that Tom stuff rattling through my head and trying to see him be like, was he like Paul Wilcox in Howard's End or something? You know, it. yeah, it. Act, yes, he was. And it works because he plays a snob in that, too. And he has that snobby oh, energy because he was in Pride and Prejudice, too, as Mr. Darcy. So he just yeah. plays like snob. Right. Like flawed snob very well. OK, that was supposed to. I, like when that Pride and Prejudice came out, like it was a big deal. And like it was posted, people were like, he's the next big thing. And then it didn't really like blow up that way. His career didn't blow up that way. And then yeah. now, like just by being a British person who can see <laughs> all the things that are wrong with America and like channel yeah. them as a business person <laughs> on Succession and another indie movie last year that... I have now twice blanked on the name of. I think it's the intern. <laughs> oh, yeah, the assistant. The assistant. Yeah, he was great. And it. again, played kind Got of it. a snob in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Dope. Wait, so well, I'm sorry. What's Pursuit of Love? What's that about? Uh, I think it's based on a book, but it is this series. And it's what's his name from The Affair, who had literally like had an affair on that show in real life, too. Mm. Well, now I'm blanking on his name, but Kirk he's the male lead of The Affair. Right. Andrew Scott? I don't know. No, from there. The Wire. Yes. Oh, Dominic oh my God, West. Duh. Yeah. Dominic yeah. West. How could yeah, I yeah. forget The Wire? Yes. Yeah. So he is in it, and it's just this very sweet, weirdly sex positive for a period drama show. But it's not like soapy. It's just like really earnest. And that shit made me fucking weep like a baby at the end. Wow. 
Yeah, well, and no one is talking about it. And I'm like, that was a great show. We just gonna ignore it. Because we have too many shows out. Like, it's wild when you said that. I'm like, I've maybe, when you said these period dramas that are out, I was like, well, I think I've heard of what's out there. And I was just like, <laughs> I have not heard of both of those. So I'm, No, if I come at you with an underrated show, I'm going to give you an underrated yeah. show. <laughs> 100%. Which period are we talking about? Like, what part of history are we? It is World War One, I, I believe. Okay. okay. Between yes. the old wars, it looks like. Classic. Yeah, that is, and I, I don't. Howard's End is the late eighteen hundreds, maybe sure. the same, or maybe it was yeah. old. I don't know. Got it. Maybe, I don't know. It, I get a little confused. You know, there's a time where all the clothes look the same for right. a little while. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah look, exactly. They're wearing derby hats. <laughs> they're like we already got these. Yeah, you got so the big skirts. Run with it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. They got that big underskirt that they wear to make oh, the skirt yeah. bigger underneath with the, the wires skirt. Yeah, and that's the hoops. like World War One or something, or yeah. Victorian. I don't know. <laughs> around <what I'm> there, <laughs> they got yeah. cars around there. Right. Pursuit of Love does sound like a Netflix dating reality show. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> it does. Oh my god, I might have like, heard somebody talk about that and been like, "Oh, another Netflix dating show that I right? about, love yeah, is I blind." Turn my brain from off the creators for. of that, right? <laughs> Childless, loveless millennials on the brink of their forties. There you go. Yeah, the yeah. pursuit of love. Oh God, that's depressing. Well, speaking about depressing, let's talk <laughs> about inflation. Uh oh. Mm. So. It's the buzzword of the season. It's been used to explain everything from the labor shortage to why turkeys are more expensive this year. And yeah, it's just a convenient... I mean, it's happening. First of all, it is happening. Things are getting more expensive. So the explanation that we're getting, though, is that it is all because of the labor class being paid more. Yeah, that's one. If you if it's you follow so Stephanie Rule or <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're watching Tucker Carlson, it's just to be like Joe Byron is trying to make you poor. Mm-hmm. Or if and or the you know at the other at the other part of it, corporations are also kind of loving it too, but on a much more subtle level <laughs> because they're loving it because they're using this to actually just raise prices on people because they mm-hmm. can't because they see people are paying for it very cynically. Nothing to do with stressed supply chains they're just like yo let's fucking let's see if we can squeeze out a couple percentage points because this is a very interesting statistic that was in the wall street journal nearly two out of three of the biggest u.s publicly traded companies had larger profit margins this year than they did in 2019 okay (laughs) and that means nearly 100 of these massive corporations report profits in 2021 that are 50% above profit margins from 2019 pre-pandemic. Jesus so, <laughs> so they're making money right now. And a lot of it is being revealed in this article in the New Republic. You know, people were sitting in on shareholder calls just to be like, I wonder how this is being messaged to the people that own the stock of some of these companies. And what they're hearing is things like it's from this article, quote, in these calls, Business leaders employ fancy financial lingo to tell large shareholders how they are engaging in, quote, pricing improvements and, quote, successful pricing strategies. They tell you they are experiencing customer, quote, elasticities to (laughs) price increases at historically low levels. When you decode what they're saying, it's nothing less than a euphoric articulation that they're able to pass off price increases to consumers. Full stop. And there's like, a you know, on one hand, you'll have places like, like in the stock prices are going up because of this. They're like loving They're Like, oh, my God, wait, what? And you're making more profits. This is fantastic. You, you look at a company like Target who had come out and said, 
you know, we're actually not going to be raising prices. Like we're able to kind of maintain what we have and have like a healthy financial outlook by not raising prices. And shareholders started dumping their stock and sending the stock price down. So people were like, well, I don't want to be on board with some company that's not going to raise their prices to make more money. Are you fucking dumb? That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so depressing. And, you know, there's there's even on CNBC, Jim Cramer was talking about how like Home Depot and Lowe's, they're raising prices because they don't give a fuck. And also they're literally in a mentality of who going to stop me, boo? Like who going right. to check me? Because the two of us run the whole shit. This is from Jim Cramer talking about how these two companies, Lowe's and Home Depot, can, quote, do no wrong because they're passing on rising costs to the public and the public has no choice because these two chains have single-handedly wiped out the competition already. So is oh what we're God. seeing, like the, you know, the pandemic caused the government to send out aid to people who had lost their jobs. More people had more, like, government assistance than they'd had in a long time, is that where the quote unquote elasticity go comes from? And like the government aid, those payments that were supposed to like help people get through a rainy day, like are just immediately getting like hoovered up by Walmart and like all those corporations. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, potentially, that, but I mean, like, but you did have a lot of Benny's, you know, benefits run out for certain people all over the country sure. starting months ago. So mm -hmm. even now, like, just even when we talked about that one dumb CNN piece, we're like, my milk's 90 bucks a gallon yeah. now. And it wasn't. But what? I think they really like this idea that prices it's it's just like that's the thing about this. It, there's a lot of nebulous data that is able to be sort of harnessed for the aims of at this point corporations, because I think at the end of the day, more than like, obviously, the wealth extraction from consumers is a huge thing for them. But more importantly, this is feeding this narrative about what it means with Biden in office and what he aims to do with some of these infrastructure, like with Build Back Better. A lot of that, like the financing from that is to be like, yeah, we just got to charge corporations like their fair share in taxes. That's how we pay for a lot of this shit. So right. this is helping them create a little more in instability and uncertainty in consumers by raising their prices. So they make more money while also saying, hey, man, if Joe Byron is going to start passing all these other laws. Inflation is going to be even wilder. Hold on to your whole butt and paycheck. And so that's also their aim at sort of being like, now we can kind of stoke an anti-infrastructure movement that will protect our tax rates. Yeah. Right. It's like inflation has always been politicized because it's what they were saying before the stimulus passed. That first stimulus, like, oh, we can't pass a stimulus package because it will spike inflation. And that's bad. And then all these economists were like, no, it's not really like that. Like, yeah. you're overblowing this risk. Right. Wow. But I think that's where you see, like, sort of like the vested interests when yeah. we have debates like this of, like, do we help people or do we raise corporate taxes? And there are many people who are just on the human ground level who are like, yes, please. That sounds great. Unfortunately, the messaging and the access to all the levers of like mainstream communication have vested interests in the same way. Be like, we're not paying more fucking taxes. Are you fucking kidding me? We're just going to talk about this inflation and yeah. start mm -hmm. banging that drum and look the other way. Yeah. There's also just with regards to the supply chain, an explanation I actually heard on the uh, It Could Happen Here daily show. They, they interviewed somebody who works at a like soda manufacturing plant and has like worked in various manufacturing jobs 
like over the past four or five years, they were talking about how the big change that's happened is that corporations have now embraced this thing called just-in-time production, which means that right what like you don't start producing something until there's a demand for it and like you don't Mm. it's it's like there's no there's no you're not like storing anything there's no overhead it's just like okay so they ran out of this and we're hearing they need more now we produce it and like that basically creates it's cheaper for the companies it gives them better margins because there's no overhead and there's no like producing something that then doesn't get sold. Right. Uh, the problem is that there's no like elasticity in the supply chain. So like you don't have extras if suddenly there's a a bunch of you know this person worked as a casket uh, manufacturer in the past. So if there's suddenly a need for <laughs> caskets, wow. suddenly the way that they deal with that is they just work people inhumanely around the clock until mm-hmm. like they can get that supply met. It's once again just the values of the market of quarterly earnings calls of yeah. CEOs who have just extracted the humanity from the workers and from the laborers and turned it into just, you know, values on a spreadsheet and you know that is what economics is that's what the modern version of capitalism is and like market logic is just like remove the humanity think of everything as like look at the numbers are the numbers good yeah yeah so that's not great but again it's (laughs) it's just the overall system it's the same overall system that we were talking about with regards to the inflation right and i i mean at a certain point you know like you're, you're slowly seeing more and more people take up for themselves and organize themselves to have right. better outcomes for them at, you know, for them themselves yet again, to use that word, you know, as it relates to their employment and what benefits they get. And I can only see, I don't think just in time production habits are going to necessarily extinguish those flames. I feel like it's, I, I'm curious what they're looking at too. Like, cause I, at this point, all the forecasting that happens, whether it's like risk they're worth taking because they'll say like, well, this thing's faulty and we might get sued, but we can afford it as long as we make enough money mm-hmm. up front. Like what kind of stuff they're already looking at in terms of what the unrest will be like with their employees and how to navigate that and see like, well, we could scab it up for this time, just skate through Q4 and then call in the Pinkertons. Well, the really insidious thing that he was talking about is that by making it such a like flexible system where you need to like move move around and like okay i'm going to put this person on on this job it actually makes like he was saying that he's in a union shop but the people who are in a non-union shop actually were in slightly better working conditions as of this moment because they had flexibility but that's all because of the inhumane orders coming down like they're better mm-hmm. able to deal with the inhumane orders coming down so it's like the just-in-time production is creating a system where like it makes it harder for people who are unionized which is fucking bullshit right yeah that's it does feel like that's the trend though like i don't like it's harder to be unionized working for a corporation like amazon and I feel like Walmart was maybe the writing on the wall where it was like Walmart was un- union busting and people were trying to stop Walmarts from being built in their town. Now it's like, fuck it. 
we don't need stores in our towns. We can just have Amazon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this is, uh, I mean, we're, we're living in a very historic time, especially as, yeah. like even more than ever. I can't, I, I just look at things and I'm like, how do these people with all, like who have all the capital really think that at a certain point, like that, that you can just run someone down to the point where they're like, okay, I'll just die on the factory floor. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it does happen places. Absolutely. Yeah. But at a certain point, enough people are going to real, like, I, I, I'm just, it's, it's always fascinating to see how disconnected those people can be from like what the, what a actual reality is of the situation they're in. It's fascinating, but the show Succession exists for a reason, and it's yep. beautiful, well-written TV. But I mean, it's like you don't have exposure. That's our stratus, like our stratified society, where you don't have exposure to the working class if you're in that corporate class. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the poorest person you know is what Greg. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And you find his problems amusing, right? Right, right, yeah. right. And you laugh about it. And he's only poor because his grandpa doesn't want to give him <laughs> right. his inheritance. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The, like, what one of the things that I've just been, like, I'm continuing to think over is I'm reading that book, Debt by David Graeber, which is the, the history of, it's basically a new history of economic systems, like, throughout human history. Prior to this, most of my understanding of, like, how economics works was based on economists, you know, like people who study economics and like subscribe to the Adam Smith uh, idea that like, well, everybody is a financial actor who is like acting in their own self-interest. And this book argues that like that is actually like that ideal of humans just acting in self-interest being like the most basic thing was like introduced by Hobbes and Leviathan was seen as like super cynical at the time that it was introduced and like not an accurate description of humanity because we existed in like small communities that helped each other out. But within like a hundred years, it was the default like assumption mm. because it is so profitable. It's so yeah. it's so helpful to people to make money and it's going to be abs- assumed and it like makes a sort of shrewd logic or a sort of shrewd sense, and it like feels like the sort of thing that's like tough and like realist, but it's actually not how humanity has been for the vast, vast majority of our history as a species. For the majority of our history as a species, we've been, you know, that the idea that you would just extract as much value from humans as you possibly can is rightly seen as like uh, it's colonizing. It's the yeah, yeah it's the foundation of colonizing yeah oh yeah. here's this group i can push them around watch this yeah. now they're there they're making me money mm-hmm. great move on to the next town of weaklings right. and i'll rinse and repeat and to dehumanize in the process right. all right let's take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're back uh, what an eventful break we just had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so producer Justin pitched us his uh, predatory investing firm just in time. That's all I'll say. I won't tell you uh, all his blueprint, but apparently when your name is Justin, you hear that pun a lot. Yeah. And I didn't think of <laughs> Yeah. Hey, look who it is. And just in time. 
I just, I, there was actually a, there was a, like a Stanford student who created like a streaming web video called Just In Time. And I remember that's where I used to watch a ton of pirated sports. So, <laughs> okay. oh, wow. It's definitely a well treaded name. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the spec script for a sequel to Nick of Time mm. that I've, right. that I've written. Have you guys seen Nick of Time? That's the Starring one Johnny with Depp Johnny and- Depp. Christopher Walken in his most over-the-top Christopher Walken. Oh, he's got to, like, murk the senator or something? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely have not seen this. To get his Uh, kid back or some shit? Yeah. It's it's like my friends in college, the most quoted movie, like, back and forth between (laughs) us. Wait, y'all quoting Nick of Time constantly? (laughs) That sounds like you guys were fun to hang out with at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. For that person at the table who had not seen that movie. Who's that group of dudes that are just, like, by themselves doing inside jokes the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) They're the hottest guys at this bar. That's us. (laughs) Also, so, Miles, you were saying you got funny jokes about your name being Miles. It's just it's Colum- it's just that it's just like metric shit. It's yeah. Like, or or you some metric system jokes feet. are fucking hilarious. I have to say, right? That pretty good. Yeah, they are exactly, and they're really effective because they're effective at demonstrating you don't know shit about being funny. <laughs> Damn! Did someone go, Miles? Are you inches? And then you were like, Yeah, That's no, it. like as a I don't kid, like I, it. Did I remember like in like third grade? There was like a there were like like witty teachers would begin to like do stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, I don't even know, dude. Please yeah. Just go on with the lesson about how, if I don't know how, if I can't recite this Bible verse, I'm going to get an F. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. as a child named Jack at a time when not many <laughs> children were named Jack, uh, I never got anything about jacking off or what? helping my You're, uncle jack crazy. off. Or, uh... Did you ever experience fifth grade? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm joking. It was all anybody. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. Good because even I, I mean, they got creative with my name. They skipped my first name and went straight to my second name, my last name, and said Salinas. Salinas, my penis, and I was like, that oh doesn't even God. rhyme. <laughs> but you know, it was uh it was, it was brutal out there. They couldn't even hit you with like a Selena type joke. Yeah, you'd think, but I didn't get those jokes until I turned like twenty six, and someone was oh. like. Anything for Selena. Oh, yeah, right. I wonder, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's like a, since you're a little bit younger, because we were all in on anything Selena, but I feel like I that wave took a second to come back around again. Think, I mean, I was watching the J-Lo movie right. on whatever, like VH1, when it would play every day, yeah. mm. but no one got there until later in my life. And now I get it every few days. Every few days, someone's like, Selena's, anything for Selena's. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Please, anything else with it. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of our childhoods, many are returning to childhood homes, to our families from our childhood, because Thanksgiving is coming up. Just a reminder. But also, the Thanksgiving season is highlighting that America does not have enough rapid COVID tests. That's the most sought after kind of Thanksgiving item this year, aside from all the liquor we need to deal with that is. Things were already, these were already (laughs) hard to find, and now they're basically a Tickle Me Elmo in 1996 levels. Hard to find. Yeah. What the fuck? Someone was, like, bigging themselves up on Instagram. They're like, fuck, I got the last two of blah, blah, blah. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't realize it's really, it's like that now. Yeah. And, I mean, it makes sense. We're going to see elderly relatives or they're coming to see us you want to you want to get tested 
They cost between $14 and $50 and often limited to just one per customer. Just tell that to my friend on Instagram. Yeah, well, yeah. He's got, <laughs> he's got yeah. a three two. wigs on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then because there's a, as with like the sneaker market, because people can't find them in the store, they're being listed for crazy amounts by third-party sellers on sites like Amazon. You guys <laughs> heard about that? Which is just, you know, inexcusable. Also, like, but it does seem like the very most basic thing. Like, okay, you guys claim this like market will solve all problems. Mm-hmm. So, like, We're solve at. it here, here, yeah, get at us, and <laughs> it's just not happening. When it's such a basic thing, too, right? It's like, do you want to give the population the ability to know if they have COVID? (laughs) Like, yeah, that's a I think that's a fundamental first step people need to take in their decision making with anything. And to be like, oh, yeah, we kind of dropped the ball on this. Like, well, then this whole thing's a mistake. If I was president, I would send every single person a COVID test. Just like, didn't they send us all like some masks right yeah. didn't they all yeah. send us a mask i would do that everyone would get a covid test right before the holidays and it would be so easy if everyone salinas. had access to that yeah salinas 2024 i'm there i know and i say I mean, that as someone who just flew through lax and <laughs> it's the most crowded <laughs> <laughs> massless yeah i was just kissing people left and right uh, gotcha. i had my dog i was kissing her she was kissing people yeah. I was nice. sampling people's drinks on the flight just to make sure yeah. they tasted good. And then spitting them back out so they could drink yeah. them. Yeah. 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 But I mean, yeah. that's a like that's a nice thought, but like that what <laughs> what is this twenty fifty? Like is it's not you're not gonna be able to send everybody a free uh, rapid test delivered to their homes, uh, unless you're in Britain right now, which is what they're doing. People can get a free rapid test delivered to their homes. In many parts of Europe, the tests are plentiful and cheap. So what the fuck happened in the U.S.? Yeah. So the U.S. policy was mostly focused on vaccination because we we love a, you know, a big last minute save, a big like, you know, solution that's going to wipe out the problem. And other countries focused more on screening. But meanwhile, the FDA's approval process of these tests moved painfully slow. There are only 12 approved tests, even though the FDA received more than 4,500 emergency use authorizations and related requests for COVID tests. That's way behind other countries. They have 39 rapid self-administered antigen tests authorized in the EU. But I I also want to just kind of put a note in here because I do feel like, well, the FDA sucks at their job. Brief note of explanation for the fiscal year 2021, defense budget was $753.5 billion at a time with no major war, just major wars we're trying to wind down, I guess. During an unprecedented global pandemic, uh, the FDA's budget is $5.9 billion, nearly half of which is from user fees, uh, which is the companies that they're supposed to be regulating paying them. To wow, they're like, oh, you need, you to need do this approved? Job. All right, come up with those fees real quick because we, <laughs> we won't exist without them, please. Right. So, damn. The, yeah. And, you know, critics argue that the high standards that the FDA is putting in place are at odds with public health demands, which is true, but it's probably 
you know, they What's they the have complaint? corporate donors like everything in America. They have <laughs> oh, they want donors. our tests to be too accurate in a pandemic. This is bullshit. It should yeah. be like one in one in like five <laughs> times it's right. That's like good enough, dude. Then you can buy five fucking tests and I'll make more money. But that but is yeah. that I I guess that's kind of the logic and I kind of agree with it that like they they are being too withholding and too slow on mm. like people are like if you just had enough tests then like some tests that are you know 90% accurate are better than no tests that are <laughs> zero you know i guess that's true yeah but god at the very least <laughs> why aren't we we have to like it's like we, at every t- every turn we just ignore like the wisdom gained by other countries and how they've battled <laughs> the pandemic like yeah. Yeah. You know, like with especially when you watch that pandemic documentary that came out last year that was like on Hulu I think like everything mm-hmm. under control or whatever and they talked to like the Korean epidemiologist who was like in charge of like South Korea's response and he like was living with the pain that like like something like less than 40 people died and during like a, a previous outbreak and he was like I wasn't gonna I'm not fu- I didn't fuck around this time and like testing like the testing regime became a huge factor and at least understanding what was going on. Whereas here, it's just like the vibe strategy of just yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if like, do you feel like you have it? If not, then like, yeah, yeah, don't come like for sure. Yeah. And like, don't test if you don't want to ruin your plans, you know, like I, that's shit I hear right now of like, yeah. well, I don't know. dude. If I test positive, then I can't go to this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, then what are you doing? Then fucking don't do anything to ensure your safety. Don't just do the thing because you're like, well, I don't mm-hmm. want to be verified that I'm now a contagion. Right. It's, yeah. There's a lot of interest. It, it sets off a lot of weird stuff too. I it's think because crazy. we're so, we don't know our own status half the time because testing isn't yeah. that easy. How did I? How was I allowed to fly across the country on one of the busiest days of flying without having to show any proof of a test or vaccine? Like what? Wow. <laughs> what are, I have to show proof of vaccine to get into my movie theater, and I don't have to show it to travel across the country. Yeah. yeah. That's see that's that's where we see that tension between the state and the feds. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'm I'm. Uh, god, I went to a at. Chinese restaurant and I got my shit checked <laughs> up like right away, and I forgot we were in that new phase in L.A. where it's yeah. like, no, no, you got to. And they ask to see and, your ID too. They're not yeah. fucking around. Yeah, and I was like, damn. And then like this one dude, I remember another customer. They like their their name was like a shortened version of their full name, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Is this you?" And they're like, "It's yes." And they're like, "Yeah, all right." I like I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. Be strict. Like, check the name really good. They were like calling his name from over his left shoulder (laughs) to see if he turned around. (laughs) Mike. Hey, Mike. Check. Yeah. (laughs) Bring it on. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense as like just generally a part of this broad American value of like, you know, finding out that you're COVID positive bad look right. you know a lot of not like people testing positive for covid bad look for the government so but like getting vaccine it's almost like america as a corporation is like trying to pass our quarterly earnings reports like with <laughs> right. uh, you know the with voters and the world and we're just like all right so let's just put those in q1 shift those nail this q1. vaccine yeah. and <laughs> it'll all be done but like we're finding that the vaccine is an ongoing process that we need to like keep getting them and that there's going to be ongoing outbreaks. And it sucks that America is always going to be lagging behind because of this just half-assed uh, system that 
doesn't give a shit about the humans in the what country. The f- yeah. The, the thing I don't understand is like even when Trump was president and Biden too, they had these big things where they're like, I'm with the people of Walmart and Target <laughs> and we're teaming up to fuck COVID straight up. This going to be out of here because we, we're going to make sure they can get tests, whatever you need. And I'm like, right. I remember that was said, but now we're talking <laughs> about a situation where it's like, I don't know. You can knife fight over a fucking at-home kit (laughs) at a Walgreens now. So in September, the White House announced its bold plan to make testing more available to the masses, proclaiming that Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger would sell COVID-19 tests at cost for the following three months. So for three whole months of not being screwed by some of the largest corporations on Earth. Until the pandemic ends, dude. Yeah. It's going to be done in three months. And also for most of the first two months, the tests were sold out in stores and were sold at uh, heightened prices by third-party sellers on sites like, oh, Amazon and Walmart. So, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Just self-owned because people can, like, use their e-commerce infrastructure. Yeah, or not self-owned, or, like, that's how it was supposed to work all along. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah, the FDA process... You know, it's not just that the FDA has high standards. There have been reports that their approval process process is arbitrary and opaque. Uh, One company submitted a rapid test to the FDA in February and didn't hear back until June, at which point the FDA sent them a list of questions with a deadline of 48 hours to respond. They didn't make the deadline and the application was, quote, sent to the back of the line, which sounds a lot like, you know, any like wildly underfunded government bureaucracy, any sort of, right. yeah. you know, if you want to get any sort of government aid, you have to like basically become a bureaucrat and like make it your full time job to get the help that you already need, even when not working a full time job as a fucking government bureaucrat. And this sounds like the same thing. They don't have enough people. They don't have enough money going into <laughs> this massive fucking global catastrophe. And so mm-hmm. everyone's. Everyone in the government is shitty. Mm. Huh. All right. That was eye-opening. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I, I... Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> and also I'm selling bootleg tests. Hit me up on uh, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They only tell you what you want to know. It's their... Yeah, I'm like, what are you, are you trying to get out of this thing or are you trying to go? Right. Oh, are you trying to go? Are you good? <laughs> you negative. Their pregnancy <laughs> test, you just stick in your mouth. And so yeah. either one you get is good. They're like, yo, Miles, you having me spit on a fucking <laughs> Comes with your test. very own COVID mood ring. That Yeah. <laughs> Except if it's purple, it's unclear which it is. That we're I feel like we're we're not far off from that kind of shit. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean well are you already see the new Apple Watch is gonna figure like, it out. Just yeah. bathe in this bathe in this borax. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Apple Watches and Aura Rings were, like, helpful in determining because uh, heightened heart rate was a symptom of COVID. Whoa. So they actually were a, a diagnostic tool. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. My bad, Tim Cook. Yeah. <laughs> That's on me, Tim. That's on me. But, yeah. you know, just one last point of comparison. Other countries not only approved more tests, they also contracted companies in order to provide millions of them free of charge to individuals. And that's just not something that the U.S. has done until now that they're getting pushback for in the uh, Biden administration. The company that is like the main provider of these tests, Abbott. So this is a good example of the you know need-based just-in-time production model. 
So when COVID cases in the U.S. dipped in the springtime of 2021, this company literally threw out a bunch of their products, stuffing them in garbage bags. And then they laid off 2,000 people because according to one of their managers, numbers are going down. This is all about money. That's a direct quote. When cases surged not long afterwards, the company was scrambling to hire back hundreds of workers. The company was going through trash yeah, to dig up those tests. Oh, my God. So the market is wow. logical and it answers all the problems in a timely manner. Self-regulating. And well done. Yes. yes. But yeah, then and we're still begging to any any regular person who'd turn on the TV if the media would even have a reckoning with this kind of thing. Like, yeah, the story would be like, this is scandalous how how greed is running roughshod through the country and creating completely. But again, like I already sound like someone who would be laughed off of a CNN segment. Right. Yeah. Which it shows you how well people are conditioned to even hearing things of like very logical, like impassioned pleas to like be like not immoral. Just sounds yeah. like you're you got Birkenstocks growing off your hands or something. Look, people make fun of Greta Thunberg, but all she's doing is being like, what the right. fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. No, it's climate. But still, like, it's just yeah. an impassioned plea to not ruin You're our like, planet. Okay, child. You're like, I don't yeah. know if you heard what she said. The yeah. clock is fucking ticking. And in that building, they're just circle jerking, laughing it up because yeah. they're not going to be around to see the worst of it. Like, okay. <laughs> She's yeah. so fiery. Mm. Like, yeah. Y'all are right. Nice. Turn her into a meme. Anna, mm-hmm. it's been such a pleasure, as always, having such you. Such a pleasure. Truly yeah. a pleasure. Where can people find you and follow you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bad Comics with an X by Anna with two N's. And the shows I the show I'm working on now won't be out for a while, but I wrote on a show called Flatbush Misdemeanors on Showtime. And hey. you can watch that now. Came out a little bit ago. Nice. Yeah. So I was like two shows behind in my intro. No, no, no. Just one. That show just happens to be out right now. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You know what I mean? So you could go see episode seven. That's the one I wrote. Hey. Oh. Yeah. I mean, don't just watch. You should watch them in order or it won't make sense. Nah. Just my parents only watched hey, the one the I wrote. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were, they're that's like, my favorite. It was okay, yeah. but it was a little confusing. Like you should have told us the plot for the right, whole show. Giving right, giving you some setup. Yeah, if you have an hour, like, I'll go through a it. Series, you, you understand <laughs> right. how it fit in there. So, but no, I want to see the one you did. Yeah, yeah. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, you know, gosh, I have been I. I have to, okay, I don't remember the handle, but I'm going to find it. There's an Instagram that puts cat faces on different animals. And in a dark world, it has been bringing me a lot of simple joy. Like I was literally looking at it um, on the plane and I laughed out loud. And that's so stupid. Like I'm getting so old that I'm laughing at cat faces on giraffes. But it's beautiful, (laughs) man. It's beautiful. That's awesome. I like that too. Yeah. Cat, hold on. Cat faces on giraffes? Every animal okay. is better with a cat face, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's definitely worth that just quick thought experiment. You're like, yeah. 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 That does work. Okay. It's, it's, she's Russian, I guess. So it's hard to pronounce. It's Cody Vets. It's spelled K O T Y underscore V E Z D as in dog E. There it is. All right. Okay. 
Check it out. Yeah. And it's just cat faces on other animals. That's mm, it. I love that. That's the whole thing. It's the simplest thing sometimes, you know? Yeah. Miles, where can people find you? What is the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, man. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Uh, and also the other show, 420 Day Fiance, uh, where Sophia Alexander and I talk about 90 Day Fiance <laughs> off of that herb. You feel me? Uh, some tweets that I like. This one is from at Joshua Potash, uh, whose display name is Read Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paulo Freire. <laughs> Fantastic. And in this one, it's just a, a picture. It's like he says, God, this is bleak. And it's a photo of apparently an ad that is on uh, like a, outside of a Burger King. And it's a bunch of like old senior citizens. And it says, who says you have to retire? At Burger King, we welcome your experience in oh leadership. If you're energetic, <laughs> friendly, and service oriented, we have a full or part time position on your on our team. And you're I like, hate that. Burger oh King is so cool. They're just like so cool. They're, they sound uh, yeah. fun. I mean, like, and this like it's funny though too because this group of elderly people, it looks like what I like. I remember when I was like applying to colleges, what college brochures used to look like. Right. Like you'll get the most diverse motherfuckers at this school on the front of this motherfucking book. Yeah. And it's like it's like a Benetton ad, but for people that wear adult diapers. Oh, so shout out to them! Look, I'm not mad at them, but uh, oh no, the tweet I like got taken down. So, okay, this the other tweet I like is from at underscore underscore incandescent, and, t- and she tweeted, "What I love about Gen Z is they'll take an L and immediately post a TikTok about it. It's very good for my love of mess." And damn, this tweet that was there. So I was they linked to a TikTok video that. Twitter, I guess they they got the video down, but it was this girl sitting outside of a like a in an apartment hallway with like her luggage next to her, and she goes like, "My stupid ass went to go visit like visit this guy," and he's like, "And a woman answered the door and just beat the shit out of me." Now I'm stranded. Oh <laughs> and my she was like, god! But she was like, someone was filming her, and she like had like a track going on, and it was very like making a TikTok out of <laughs> your like terrible mistake. And I was like, this is so real, but yeah, credit to that. What I love about Gen Z is they'll take an L and immediately post a TikTok about it. I it's love it. It's so true. There's so many crying TikToks of people just being like, yeah. these are my tears. This is what happened. And it's like, oh, great. Shit, okay. I'm like, for yeah. me, someone who uh, my gut reaction to people crying in public is to be uncomfortable. It mm-hmm. helps me soften, you know, my terrible uh, habits around expressing <laughs> myself. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Go look at Anna's recommendation please the the cat <laughs> it's photoshops great, right? are so fucking great yeehaw meg tweeted pete davidson travis barker machine gun kelly or the manic pixie dream girl of men the chaos goblin line cook i thought that was pretty good <laughs> word smithing uh you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Oh, my goodness. So this is a remix of a Toki Monster track. Uh, shout out Toki Monster. Get into it if you like uh, good good music, uh, some beats and electronic other or otherwise. Uh, but it's a remix by an artist named Imanu, I-M-A-N-U. And it's a remix of the Toki Monster track, Love That Never. And this is just one of those tracks where... It's pretty layered and very like electronic, but you want to listen to it in, with headphones because 
like as somebody who likes to make music, I'm just really impressed with, you know, the synthesis that's going on there and just kind of the overall mix of it. So this is good headphone music, you know what I mean? Not necessarily blasted out of your thin phone speakers. <laughs> so this is again, Imanu's remix of Toki Monsters track, Love That Never. All right, well, we will link off to that. Go check it out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.